fans, you knew one of these was coming. Welcome to the 415 Podcast. And, well, I didn't think it was coming this soon, but we're dealing with a loss today. It's, uh, the hype train keeps on running, but this one, this one stings a little bit. Uh, Niner Nate here with you again, with me always as uh, Rob Stats Guerrera. How you doing, man? Terrible. How are you? I'm not great, but I'm going to try and keep myself as upbeat as I can for this. I, I, I want the Niner fans not to feel so bad. It's nice that they drop one early. You said last week the best case scenario could be to lose to Arizona week one and not think you're the big bad 49ers are going to come in and destroy everybody. And I'm hoping this is a wake-up call. The problem is, as we're going to discuss this little bit, is the way that this game went down, there are more problems here than I initially initially thought there was going to be. You know, we were talking about this season a couple weeks ago. But first, before we get into this game, let's just do a quick NFC West check-in, as we always do at the beginning of the show now the season started. The Seahawks took out Atlanta, uh, who sucks, apparently. <laughs> that or Seattle is way better than we initially thought, but uh, they're, the Seahawks just, just decimate them 38-25 to to move on to 1-0, and Russell Wilson just cooked, and it was pretty wild. But uh, Seattle currently uh leading the division which i never want to tell you guys that that's never a thing i want to come on and have to tell you arizona took out san francisco 24 20 we're going to talk about that and then uh the la rams on sunday night football took out the dallas cowboys 20 to 17 in a in a game that was pretty close and a game that was a little eye-opening because i forgot how good aaron donald is there are some highlights if you can watch of just what aaron donald did to that dallas cowboy line and if Hieronis Grassi, wherever you say our center's name is the center when we play Aaron Donald here in a couple of weeks, we might be in some troubles because he tore apart one of the better lines in the league and he did it and made it look easy. He, at one point, he took Tony Pollard, the second string uh, running back for the Cowboys, and threw him into Dak Prescott. So Aaron Donald's still a thing and uh, still probably the best player in the entire league. And we're going to have to see him twice this year, which sucks. But Let's get into Cardinals 49ers. This sucks that I have to tell you guys this. We lost the game, first game of the Revenge Tour. The Revenge Tour is still on. Don't worry. The Jets are a non-factor. Uh, they are one of the worst, if not the worst team in the NFL. And I think San Francisco can totally have a bounce back. But the factors of this game of not having Ayuk and not having Debo. And yes, we've not seen Ayuk play in the NFL yet. But just not having any wide receiving threats. And, and, and it felt like the Arizona Cardinals really knew exactly what was going to happen. The, the run game was successful pretty early on. I mean, it looked like we were just going to stomp on with Mostert and, and McKinnon. But Jimmy really, it just felt like Jimmy Garoppolo just didn't know what to do with himself a lot of the time. And yes, we can we can talk about how the best receiver on this field yesterday for the 49ers was Kendrick Bourne and that's not ideal but we're going to talk later to John Venerable of uh, the Revenge of the Birds podcast a little bit about this but the Arizona Cardinals really seemed to know exactly what was going to happen with the 49ers yesterday it really felt like if the Niners were going to even try and run the ball they were going to stop it, and then when the Niners did try and throw the ball, they were going to make sure Jimmy Garoppolo had nobody to throw to, and he just looked scared in the pocket. He looked like he didn't really 
have any confidence going into this game, which was weird because I felt like with this whole revenge tour moniker and this, this Kyle Shanahan idea that, you know, we're still the big bad 49ers and we're going to come out and kill him. And, and a lot of the, the, the slander that Jimmy Garoppolo had over the course of this offseason that he would come out and just kill a team that he really has had a lot of success against. Last year, Jimmy Garoppolo was awesome against the Arizona Cardinals. And this year, you know, it's only one game. They're going to see these guys again. But it wasn't just that, you know, we'll talk later about the, some of the, the improvements this Cardinals team had on defense. But it wasn't just that. It just felt like he was not playing for his life like he should be. And, and and I really feel like this is a 15 game tryout going forward for Jimmy Garoppolo and 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 what he can do and if he is the the guy. But this is not a great way to start if if he's going to be the guy going forward. And a lot of people are going to blame it on the wide receivers, and I think that's part of it. I think my boy Dante Pettis was pretty uh, much a non factor. He never even saw the ball. I mean, there was so much talk in this offseason about how Dante was going to be better, how Trent Taylor was going to be a big deal, and we saw nothing from either of these guys in the game. There's not a lot of bright spots on defense. We almost lost George Kittle in a in a throw that was just mind-boggling. Why you're going to throw the best player on your team that ball? And I understand there was a missed block by Kendrick Bourne, and that's why it happened. But why even throw that ball? Throw it away. Throw it to the other side of the field. Don't risk George Kittle because the minute George Kittle goes down because of something stupid Jimmy Garoppolo does, that's when the fan base will truly turn on Jimmy Garoppolo. And yeah, I know it's not great right now. A lot of people are you know, talking a lot of mess on Jimmy Garoppolo. But as long as he's the quarterback, we have to stick by him, Niner fans. We cannot just destroy our quarterback. But we still have to look at him from a perspective that yesterday was a bad game for Jimmy Garoppolo. And... He's probably going to have a great game against the Jets because they're terrible. But if this happens again, you know, when they play the Rams in four or five weeks, we need to start thinking about maybe he's not the guy. But right now, we need to stick with him. This is a one bad game. Last week, last year, when they played the Bucks, he was pretty awful. He was saved by two pick sixes that really saved them in that Bucks game because they played a much worse quarterback than Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is awesome. And I feel like... People are talking so about this game in so many different ways that the defense gets, it gets forgotten that they were killing this defense. This defense was killing this team at the beginning of this game. You know, Rob, sorry, I, I wanted to go on a little bit of a rant there, but like this defense was good yesterday, minus that one messed up play and, and the fact that they were tired. The offense didn't do anything. Yeah, every defense in the league is going to get tired when they're out there for 80 plays, which is what the 49ers were out there for, basically. So there's a ton of criticisms going around today. So let's do this. Let me bring up the criticisms that we're hearing, and you tell me if it's something that you should worry about beyond this week or if it's something that you're, you can forget about. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, we'll start on offense. The 49ers are in deep trouble with their wide receiver position. I think that that's a factor. If Debo's not back by week four, I think that's a factor. I think I need to see Ayuk versus this bad Jets team and 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 to really make a decision. Because if Ayuk doesn't come out and just torch the Jets, then yes, we might have a problem. Sanu will be a Niner before the end of this week. Guaranteed. Before podcast, I think. Before this podcast is even released, I think we're going to see Mohamed Sanu is signed with the San Francisco 49ers. But I think, and we get, we're going to talk about this, I think we need another Emmanuel Sanders-type signing 
trade some picks and go get a guy, you know, maybe the guy in Cleveland, Odell Beckham. He looks like he's a non-factor out in that horrible team that literally couldn't do anything on that Ravens team yesterday. Get another guy for Jimmy because, yes, the wide receiving core was bad yesterday, but I, I feel like there's no talent there. There's just no NFL talent, which is literally why Garoppolo struggled so much is because, you know, I love Kendrick Bourne, but I've told you guys a million times he's just a guy. And I was hoping to see something from Dante that I just did not see yesterday. And Trent Taylor, it's his first game back, multiple surgeries. The ball was bad in, at the very end of the game. Yes, Jimmy Garoppolo didn't throw a good ball, but if Trent Taylor catches that, I'm probably having a different discussion here and they're winning that football game. But Trent Taylor wasn't really that great yesterday either. Well, you mentioned Garoppolo. So Jimmy Garoppolo is just flat out not the guy and his inaccuracy is going to cost San Francisco. <laughs> See, I'm I'm Mr. Optimistic, so I'm gonna try. I'm trying to try and let, calm you guys down. Jimmy Garoppolo might not be the guy. That's totally a thing. We've talked about this before. To yesterday, Jimmy Garoppolo totally has a chance to not be the guy. But it's one game, and like I said at the beginning of this show, against the Bucks last year, he was awful. He was terrible, and they won because of two pick sixes. They didn't have two pick sixes today, yesterday, to take him out to 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 save them, right? Bounce back against a terrible Cincinnati Bengals team that was the worst team in the NFL last year. This week, they do play probably the worst team in the NFL. If Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't bounce back, uh, we have a problem. That Giants team that we saw play the Steelers, they're not very good either. Jimmy Garoppolo has a chance to bounce back against two teams that really aren't that great. And if we don't see some noticeable improvements, especially if, if Ayuk is there, and Kittle is okay. God, the fact that the, there's a chance we don't have Kittle. I know it's the Jets, but like the fact that Kittle misses any games is scary because he's such an important part of that team, not just from a receiving perspective, but his blocking is so huge for that team. And the fact that if they're decimated at receiving core, there has to be some thought as to that's why Garoppolo is struggling. But they, Jimmy needs to pick it up badly. I mean, we said it this year all offseason he needs to be better and he was not better week one but wasn't this supposed to be the year that he made the matt ryan leap like that was the narrative right oh look out world jimmy's in his second full year and kyle's system and everybody takes a big jump he did not jump yesterday and he didn't jump yesterday he could very well jump you know as the season goes on it's it's a 16 game gauntlet you know he can improve and and when the when debo is back i really think debo is a safety blanket for jimmy garoppolo when he has Debo on the field, I feel like having Debo, he just feels better because Debo can literally do all things. You know, Debo can, but they run him out of the jet sweep sometimes. I mean, come on. Like there's there's almost nothing Debo can't do. And I think Garoppolo knows that. I think it was surprising with Trent Taylor back. We didn't see much Trent Jimmy Garoppolo to Trent Taylor. And I felt like we would. I felt like they would have some sort of um, connection and it just wasn't there. And that might be because Trent Taylor just isn't that good and we forget that he's not that good, but it's against the Jets, if, if, if there's no Ayuk, I need to see some Trent Taylor, Jimmy Garoppolo badly. The 49ers defense is not as good as they were last year. No, I absolutely think this defense is still just as good. I think Kinlaw is going to have a couple, a little bit of a learning curve, still, you know, going from the college game to the NFL game. Buckner wasn't phenomenal his first year. He was good. He wasn't phenomenal. Kinlaw was still one of the highest graded defensive rookies yesterday. People forget about that. If you're looking at PFF, 
Kinlaw was still top three defensive rookies. Yes, he had a little bit of struggle. There were some times where he wasn't that great, but they have Nick Bosa. The guy is literally, what, the one of the best three or five pass rushers in the league, and it's his second year, and he's he's just a force. And then they still have the best linebacker in the NFL in Fred Warner. Sherman got burned, but he got burned by probably, what, the second or third best wide receiver in the league? Emmanuel Mosley was good. Like, he he wasn't terrible, like some people were saying. Ward had that one mess up. It was either Ward or Emmanuel Mosley. I don't. I, I wish I had more access to the All-22 and I could look. But there was that one mess up where Hopkins had the not touchdown. But this defense is still really good. They're, they played a team that has a running quarterback that is literally what this, this defense has struggled with since Salah got there. They struggle with running quarterbacks, and they're probably playing the best running quarterback. I mean, actually, eh, Lamar Jackson is the best. But I think that Kyler Murray is faster than anybody in this league when it comes to being a running quarterback. All right. Well, let me ask then. This defense cannot stop mobile quarterbacks. Are you worried about that beyond this week? Absolutely. I totally am. And I think that that Robert Sala needs to think, you know, hey, we're going to see Kyler again, and we're still going to see Russell Wilson. And yes, Russell Wilson doesn't run the ball as much as he used to, but they did okay against Lamar last year where it wasn't – Lamar was – MVP caliber quarterback, and they 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 didn't. I don't think they struggled against him. I think yeah, he still got them a couple times, but there was never a time where I was like, they can't stop Lamar. And I feel like this week they just looked like they were lost against Kyler Murray. And yeah, Kyler Murray's faster, but uh, they need to really look at how to stop these running quarterbacks. And and one thing I you know we mentioned is Bosa and Ford are literally just coming off the edge. And just trying to bowl, get to the quarterback as fast as possible. And I don't think with running quarterbacks, you're just going to sack these guys. You're going to have to just contain them. That's what worked against Russell Wilson last year when they played him at home. You know, they contained him a lot. He, you know, yes, he had a couple runs, but Russell Wilson really wasn't too big of a factor when it comes to him running the ball last year when they played them. And Kyler Murray has just ran all over this team since he got into the league. So, I mean, they just need to change the strategy. I think that's what they got to do. All right, last one. Speaking of changes the strategy, Kyle Shanahan is not aggressive enough on fourth downs and won't be this season. He went for it on fourth down on that uh, on the Raheem Mostert run, and I think that that was the right call. One thing that has come up is ever since that run happened, uh, people are like, well, if they get the field goal, then they get a field goal and they win the game. And so there's always that that factor. I think it was the right call to go for it on fourth down. I think maybe when they're fourth and short, fourth and two, fourth and three, you're the big bad 49ers and you have Raheem Mostert and Jerick McKinnon and you should be able to go for it. But it depends where you're on on the field. I think Shanahan really didn't play a good call a good game yesterday. You know, he said after the game that their plan was to not throw to receivers. They wanted to run the ball. Well, everybody in the NFL knows that the big bad 49ers are going to try and run the ball. Everybody knows it because that's what Kyle's good at. And so we got to figure something out with our game, our schemes against these teams or our, what we're coming into with these teams and, and figure out how we're going to, we're going to be able to run the ball, but also we got to figure out some schemes with these, with our receivers to make it. So people are even just afraid of Jimmy Garoppolo throwing the ball because yesterday, like he would try and throw the ball and they were loaded up just to, to stop everything. They couldn't do anything. Like we used Jarek McKinnon as a wide receiver and that's awesome. But there was just no 
the 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 way they the routes they were running, the way they were throwing the ball, it just wasn't interesting, and it didn't feel like it, it was obviously not Kyle's best called game, but it felt like it was a bad game from Kyle Shanahan. All right, so we broke down a little bit of the game. You know, just me and you guys. We're gonna bring on Johnny Venerable. He works for the Revenge of the Birds podcast here on SB Nation. And he's going to break down from the Cardinals perspective and then give us a little perspective on what he thinks of the 49ers going forward. And I think he's got a nice perspective on who he thinks the Niners should bring in on receiver. We'll be back. All right. With me is John Venerable of the Revenge of the Birds podcast on SB Nation. How you doing, man? I'm good. How are you guys? Uh, probably better. Than, you're probably doing a lot better than I am right now. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we enjoyed that yesterday. That was a fun one. Well, specifically, let's let's just break down this game a little bit and talk about, you know, what went wrong for San Francisco and what went right for, you know, your Cardinals. And then, like, talk a little bit about this Cardinals team, because I think, you know, we did so much looking at the Cardinals before the season because they're really hyped with the DeAndre Hopkins thing. And I think, I don't know if they blew up my expectations, but Kyler Murray blew up my expectations for sure. He is an absolute stud. Yeah, I, I think what we can draw, you know, recent comparisons to is, you know, a year ago, this Cardinal team that was, de- you know, deprived of talent up and down the roster outside of Murray played San Francisco particularly tough in both instances. And just Kyler as a quarterback is the kind of player that gives San Francisco's defense trouble, similar to that of, and I'm not comparing him to a Patrick Mahomes, but just the ability to run the football, move outside the pocket, accurate thrower. And so the Cardinals in the latter half of last year in week 11 were up 16 to nothing on the same San Francisco team. And then in the offseason, the Cardinals made some improvements. San Francisco lost some key players. So I think a lot of Cardinal fans were confused because, you know, Vegas had a pretty lofty spread on this game. I think it was Absolutely. at one point up to seven. Uh, and you're talking about San Francisco who couldn't draw from their home crowd. That was not a factor. They had lost every receiving option outside of Kittle. Um, you know, defensively, you trade away your best defensive lineman, at least, just, you know, in recent memory with DeForest Buckner. I know Armstead played better last year. And then the most consistent receiver you had a year ago is playing for New Orleans. So I think a lot of the Cardinal fans thought, well, we've got DeAndre Hopkins now. We've made some tweaks defensively. Defensively last year, they were bottom tier, bottom third tier in the NFL in terms of defensive personnel. So they go out and they make you know, a bunch of kind of under the radar, but sneaky good signings in free agency, bringing in Devondre Campbell from Atlanta. They, Jordan Phillips had nine and a half sacks from for Buffalo last year. He's been brought in. So not A-plus players, but a lot of B-quality veterans that all were capable this first game. And then you, you com- combine that, of course, with the maturation of Murray in you know year two, which has you know I think is not fair to, to compare with the MVP kind of hype that you've gotten from Mahomes and Lamar Jackson because I thought those were much more complete teams. But you just assume Kyler would be better than he was a year ago, and then he gets a top three to five wide receiver at his disposal. And I just – I thought this game would be – you know, closer than Vegas indicated. And, you know, at the end of the day, Arizona was able to win it. And I, I think San Francisco can look at this one of two ways. It's just, you know, losing a division opener to a division rival at home could be a killer, but you know, also they're just, they're not playing with a full deck right now. Yeah. I mean, the fact that they came out with, you know, no Debo and no Ayuk who we've on this show, just had a bunch of people come on and talk about how great Ayuk is. And, you know, a lot of fans were like, Oh, maybe, you know, he'll play. And then the minute you kind of saw that he wasn't going to play, we're like, well, this is going to be a very different game. Yeah. And 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 specifically with Kyle Shanahan, after the game, even said, you know, we we weren't planning on you know throwing the ball much. Like we wanted to run the ball, and and that's what they tried to do, and it, it was working 
for the beginning of the game. And then they kind of got away from that. And Jimmy Garoppolo had the game put on his shoulders. I mean, like specifically, if we're looking at just the first quarter of that game, mm-hmm. San Francisco comes out, drives down a little bit, gets a field goal, right? Three to nothing. Arizona gets the ball punt, right? San Francisco immediately scores a touchdown on the first play. So it's yeah. 10 to nothing already, right? So us Niner fans, we're thinking, okay, this we're, we're going to blow these dudes out. We're still the, you know, the big bad 49ers. Next play comes out. You guys punt again. And then we have that block punt. And yeah. that block punt kind of... It, it changed the weird. game. Absolutely. It felt it changed the game. Not only that, because you only had one play 10 yards to score a touchdown. And here it is, 7-10, and we have a game now. Arizona started slow offensively. I thought it would be the other way. You know, the, the defense kind of kept them in it, especially in the first half. I thought the Cardinals would be able to come out not fire on all cylinders offensively, but certainly be ahead of the defense, especially with no preseason. You'd figure would be a lot of missed tackling. And it was kind of the opposite, right? They, they just couldn't get out of their own way for much of the first much of the first half. But, you know, when, you, when you're able to play good situational defense, the bend but not break approach, you know, the goal line stand was huge for, for this team's confidence. You know, they missed a couple of field goals, but they kept it within a one-score game. And when you have Kyler Murray, it sounds cliche to say after one season, but we've seen it time and time again, dating back to his time at Oklahoma. And then last year, he's a fourth-quarter player, uh, assuming that they're, you know, close enough to, to come back. And last year, when they played San Francisco in both instances, their defense let them down so late in the game, especially in Week 11, that you just, he wasn't given enough time and certainly yeah. didn't have the horses. But this year you felt like pretty confident trading scores. I was still fairly confident even with that last drive, not to jump ahead. If San Francisco would have scored, which I expected them to do, I thought Kyler would be able to go down and at least put them in a position to, to tie it. But no, I, they're just, they're, they're more talented than they were a year ago. The maturation process with Murray is, you know, is going well. Uh, and I think, you know, a lot can be said is you've got some consistency now with Kingsbury system in year two for a lot of these guys. Same with Vance Joseph, whose defense was much maligned. They just, it, you know, it was just a given they were going to be better um, than they were a year ago, and they already played San Francisco tough. And I think what where people tend to get construed with Kingsbury, who you know, doesn't get much love nationally, I think a lot of people looked at that that signing as as privilege. He came from the Big Twelve. He never won more than seven games, but it's not like the gap. And there is a gap, of course, between Kyle Shanahan and Cliff Kingsbury. But it, it's not a huge gap in, in, in the same way that Kyle Shanahan and like an Adam Gase is. I mean, Kingsbury yeah. held his own last year against Robert Sala, put up very respectable you know, performances, ran the football effectively with Kenyon Drake. So I think there was some confidence the Cardinals would be able to do that this time around. It just came down to their defense. And, you know, the thing was that was surprising was Kenyon Drake really killed this team in the first two games last year. Like, killed them. And San Francisco came out and they were stopping him pretty well. Mm-hmm. And it was it was kind of surprising that you know, yes, he you know he still had an all right game, but it was it was all Kyler Murray for most of that game until you know they finally started getting the ball to DeAndre and and I mean he killed us. They couldn't stop him. It was wild. It like it was like that that Robert Salah had never seen you know a great wide receiver his entire career. We couldn't stop the guy. And yes, there was that the the the, the, the not touchdown we're calling it now and. <laughs> There was a missed assignment. It's clear when you watch the replay, there's a missed assignment there. Yeah. But, okay, that's one play. They couldn't stop DeAndre Hopkins the whole game. And Arizona has, what, who's your other receiver? Christian Kirk? Like, yeah. Christian Kirk isn't going to beat these guys. It's going to be Hopkins, and we couldn't do anything to stop him. Like, 
that was probably one of the most frustrating parts about that game yesterday. Sure, you got Emmanuel Mosley leading the team with with 15 tackles. That's probably not ideal, right? You've got Richard yeah. Sherman, you know, one of the most savvy corners of the last decade in the NFL, playing one half of the field, and the Cardinals are going to think to themselves, even though he beat Sherman, you know, a handful of times. Yeah. We're going to get away from him. We're going to pick on Mosley because, you know, the secondary, you just lost the kid from TCU who's consistently hurt. Um, and so, yeah, they they played to their strength, but I was surprised that Salah didn't make adjustments in the second half. Christian Kirk had five targets, uh, had one catch for zero yards, had that big, uh, I guess you could call it pass interference, even though it was holding late in the game. He's a non-factor. He disappears too much. I think that's going to be one of the things to watch moving forward with this team Who's the secondary option from a receiving standpoint? You know, Fitzgerald best served as a third or fourth option. They they like their running backs fine, but they really don't have that prototypical X to go with Hopkins as Y receiver. Um, but it didn't matter uh, on Sunday. They were able to go to Hopkins essentially whenever they wanted to. 14 catches was a career high, 151 yards, should have had that that touchdown. And, and that was the difference in combination with Kyler Murray's mobility. I'm sure you guys noticed, and he – he would prefer to sit in the pocket and throw 35 to 40 times a game for 300 plus yards and four touchdowns and not run. He would rather have 20 to 30 yards rushing, but San Francisco's secondary was playing well, especially their linebacking core. I thought did an excellent job covering backs and and, and tight ends because they're super athletic with Alexander and Fred Warner that Kyler just basically said, I have to do this by myself. And and what ended up happening was he's, he's, he's pretty deadly in space. I, I think a lot of us thought coming out, he would be a little bit more of an athletic Baker Mayfield. And, you know, even when they drafted him, I wasn't super confident that his five, eight stature would hold up, but you know, give him credit that baseball acumen. He's found the ability to slide. He got a couple really generous. I'm sure you'll agree yeah. with this really yeah. generous roughing calls. Uh, <laughs> one of them changed the game in the, in the, I think it was in the third or fourth quarter. Or so, um, They've they've clearly made that a priority because too many times last year I think he led we led the NFL in sacks allowed and and Sunday he was hit I think he there were two sacks one of which he basically gave himself up and the other was the hider pull down he was rarely hit uh, and that's clearly a game plan to keep him healthy throughout the duration of this season. And, well, that's the thing is like I didn't want to talk too much about some of these penalties and and I guess it's cool that you brought it up is that I mean uh, here's the biggest question I have do you think that running quarterbacks are exploiting a rule. And yes, you have a running quarterback. We don't. So it's a little different. Do you think sure. they're exploiting this rule, you know, to, to, to get penalties? Cause it felt like, you know, Kyler was kind of exploiting it a couple times. Like there was. Oh, absolutely. I think hundred percent. I think, I think they work on it in practice. I think they play it up. Um, you know, outside of Cam Newton in recent memory, I can't remember too many other quarterbacks who don't get this kind of call if they tend to move. Now, Lamar embraces contact, but I mean, you think about guys like Mahomes. Russell Wilson's done this to us for years. Uh, and I think the fact that Kyler is just so small, he's going to get one of those a week, at least one of those. Um, yeah. And why they work out the kinks in this vertical passing game, they're going to play it up. So, no, I have no problem admitting that. Yeah, exactly. And then the other question I have for you, specifically if we're talking about controversial calls, is that touchdown where you guys stopped him in the end zone. As a Cardinal fan, do you think that that he, did, he got in or not? Are we talking about... Are we talking to the Mostert uh, goal line yeah, run on fourth exactly. and one? Yeah, it looked like he got into me, but I'm a okay. Niners fan, so it's a little different. <laughs> so we'll, we'll probably agree to disagree there. I thought we we filled pretty well with Jordan Phillips and Devon Kennard. Listen, all people are going to care about uh, with Trent Williams, who was way better than I thought after not playing over a year of football, and that was a steal getting him for a third rounder, and that's that's going to pay dividends. 
all people are going to want to talk about with, with Trent Williams was the layout block of Jordan Phillips, and rightfully so. But he did get his – if you go back and watch that goal line stand, he did get his face crossed by Jordan Phillips and it allowed Devon Kennard to fill the gap there and make it close. Um, so I just – I have to point that out. No, you know, it's all good. Him. No, it's all good. You know, specifically, you know, since we have you here and we can talk about Arizona, I'm just kind of, you know, interested. You know, me and Rob last week specifically talked about how bad your defense is. Yeah. And – Buddha looked good out there. You know, mm-hmm. you just paid him all that money. What did you think of your defense versus, you know, our offense that maybe sputtered a little bit because of the injuries? But, like, what did you think of that defense? Because we're going to see you again in a couple, you know, five or six, seven, eight weeks now. Yeah, I think that most people thought this team would, if they had a chance to be like the hype team that everybody assumed, and by hype team, get over 500, sneak into the playoffs. The offense would have to be a top 10 unit, which I still think it's got the capability to be. And the defense would have to sniff around 20th overall after being next to, if not last, in every major statistical category. They they had the personnel last year. Probably nobody nobody had worse defensive personnel, especially up front on the defensive line. They've just been gutted in, in recent memory and missed on way too many draft pits. So the Robert Kandichis of the world, they've made countless free agent <laughs> snafus. That defense that was humming with Todd Bowles and James Betcher during the Bruce Arians era, that's that's been gutted. And they're having to rebuild it kind of on the on the fly. Buda Baker has been uh, a bright spot. That's why they gave him that extension. I, he's not going to be the highest paid safety for long with the likes of Jamal Adams and Mika Fitzpatrick still not being paid. Yeah. But it's a nice little coup. He made you know damn near every tackle yesterday. And they've they've brought in you know veterans on cheap you know one to three year laden deals. Nothing that's going to cripple them, but really it's the maturation progress of the guys they took last year outside of Kyler Murray. So Byron Murphy was the 33rd overall pick. A lot of people thought he'd be a top 15, top 20 pick. Arizona said they had a top 10 grade on him, corner out of Washington. He had two pass breakups, third and and five and fourth and five to end the game. Now he's up and down rookie season, but I mean, he's he's a capable player and they need him to be that. Zach Allen out of UMass, or excuse me, out of Boston College, was a top 50 player they had graded. They got him in the third round. He had a sack yesterday. Isaiah Simmons, clearly, it, it, Kyle Shanahan, week one, that's not a good matchup for him after, listen, last time he's yeah. played live football was in the national championship game, but he's somebody clearly they have a lot invested in. So I think it's a combination of Vance Joseph's scheme, as malign as it is, as mundane as it is, it's in year <sighs> two, and these guys are going to be more comfortable. They've got more athletics, specifically in the linebacking court. They brought in Kennard from from the Lions. They brought in Campbell from Atlanta, Simmons from Clemson. They're just, they're more athletic by default. And then you've got a couple of these second year guys coming into their own. They're going to have weeks where they look bad like they did a year ago. They just can't look consistently bad week in and week out. If, if they had just been like this a year ago, the Cardinals would have sniffed 500. That's how productive Kyler was, especially in the second half. So mm-hmm. pleasant surprise. But again, I, I fully expected them to give up that, that go ahead touchdown late. And they were able to clamp down um, in the red zone. So give them credit. I mean, and that kind of another question for you, you know, as someone who doesn't root for Jimmy Garoppolo, I think the whole entire fan base this week has pretty much, you know, I there are people talking about Nick Mullins and you've seen Nick Mullins. <laughs> Nick Mullins is not the guy, you know, sure. Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback of this team, but it looked a lot of the times yesterday, like he was lost. Like he had no idea what he was doing. Like the throws were just bad. Like me and Rob were talking earlier and like he couldn't even hit five yard, five yard out routes. It was like, it was so bad. And do you think that it was the defense? 
I think it was a little bit of the, of the first game jitters. I don't think it was necessarily your defense or anything, but I also think it's the fact that I think Debo is a safety blanket. I really do. Sure. And you guys not having to face Debo at all made it a little bit easier for you to oh, just absolutely. stop that run. Yeah, and I between you and I, I have a soft spot for Jimmy G. I, I grew up in central <laughs> Illinois and watched him set records at Eastern Illinois. And so, you know, outside of when he got traded to San Francisco, I always wanted to see him do well and thought he was capable. And then when he came to San Francisco, I instantly hated him. But <laughs> I, I, I think that, uh, of course, you're going to be deprived of your top receiving option entering year two that had a chance to break out. That's huge. You know, Ayuk hadn't played down in the NFL yet, but clearly he, he was having a really good camp and, and was a really productive player in Arizona, uh, Arizona State. So uh, nobody can win in this league by themselves. And Garoppolo is not the kind of quarterback that can make plays with his feet. And so he's, just, you know, he's a pocket passer. What I will say is that Kyle Shanahan has to be looking at Jimmy Garoppolo after what happened in the Super Bowl and entering, opening up this year and just saying, we're year to year this to, with this guy. He's got no guaranteed money after this year. And I think in the back of their mind, they're constant, constantly leaving it open to upgrade if they want, if they have that ability. But if not, they can keep rolling with him. You, ha- you just have to have the ability to lift him up as a roster. But then he'll have those moments like he did last year against Seattle or New Orleans. Well, he'll play really well. But then you can't tell me that there's a, a lack of confidence like in the postseason when they wouldn't let him throw it all. So I, I think yeah. I think the I think Shanahan goes back and forth, but I also think I, I don't know many quarterbacks who could have won with that receiving core yesterday. But then on the flip side, you can't throw that ball to George Kittle and potentially get him knocked out for the year. Those are those are yeah. balls Jimmy Garoppolo in what his fifth or sixth season can't be making. Um so I think you know, he'll probably go out and light it up this week against the Jets, but it won't matter <laughs> until he he showcases in a probably a playoff spot that he's able to carry this team and kind of win them over, kind of like Alex Smith did once upon a time, beating New Orleans at home. He's got to have that kind of moment for to, to win the hearts yeah. of, of Niner fans. But I always think in the back of their mind, Kyle Shanahan's probably looking acro- across the field and saying, I need a capable athlete like Kyler Murray or somebody that can move like that, that, that has the ability to extend plays with their feet, just because – how how far can Jimmy go if this roster isn't humming on all levels? Certainly, he's not capable of carrying this team right now. Absolutely, that's I think that's how a lot of Niner fans feel after today. I just the, my biggest thing is the fans who just completely you know are just like, nah, this isn't the guy. It's like maybe he's not the guy, but you got to be stick with your team. You know, like you guys stuck with some horrible quarterbacks. Oh yeah, oh for yeah, a long time. And you know, like that you stuck through it, and you have, I mean Carson Palmer was the quarterback out there, and he was actually mm-hmm. good for a little bit, and you know so. That's the thing about Garoppolo is like, this is the guy you got to ride with the guy, but man, that was awful yesterday. And I'm sure you saw it. There were so many times where he just, and yes, they were dealing with a practice squad center. I think a lot of people forget about that. Sure, like, of course, I, her, her, I don't know how to say his name. Hieronymus Grasso. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even know who he was before a couple weeks ago. They yeah. bring him in and you guys tore him apart. Yeah, I think. Kyle Shanahan's a made man in San Francisco at this point. He's got a monster contract. Lynch just got extended. They're going to keep their options open. But who do you have better to replace him? You're still considered, you know, a co, you know, NFC title favorite. They're going to win a bunch of games. They play the NFC East and the AFC East. So I would be shocked if this Niner team didn't make the playoffs. But I do think for this year specifically, I put this out on Twitter today. If Debo Samuel is going to miss extended period of time, they need to upgrade their receiving core during the year like they did last year, getting Emmanuel Sanders. And I, I know that 
the Odell Beckham, they've kind of sniffed around that market. But after watching him just be a complete non-factor, underutilized in Cleveland, that, that team looks like a disaster. I just I have a sneaking <laughs> suspicion that Odell Beckham, I hope this is not the case, ends up this year before the end of the year in San Francisco. It's just a gut feeling. I know San Francisco's, you know, used a lot of draft picks, the Trent Williams deal, the D Ford deal, but I, I just don't think they they can win long term. It's certainly not the division with this receiving core unless they make a move. Well, you heard it there, folks. You got an Arizona Cardinals fan <laughs> yeah. on here who's saying we're gonna get Odell Beckham. So it's gonna everything's gonna be okay. Yeah, that, that that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we're going to see you guys in seven weeks. And I mean, before we leave, like, I got a question for you. How do you stop Kyler Murray? Uh, you pressure him. You you get pressure on the on the edge and you, and you fill with your linebackers. You get somebody to spy him. Uh, I thought outside of Nick Bosa, the, the Niners had a tough time. Clearly, D Ford was a non-factor. Um, and they just they got tired in the fourth quarter. And again, I, I a prediction this week, they're, they're playing Washington, who's got a really good defensive front, but you can throw on them vertically, whereas San Francisco, yeah. you know, the, they clamp down on that vertical passing game. I think Kyler's going to have a 300-yard passing game this week, a couple touchdowns, and he's not going to run as much. So, yeah, it's like any quarterback. you got to pressure him. you got to get him rattled. Um, and it's definitely possible to do. But he's just not – right now, he's just not a good matchup for San Francisco. This is not yeah. – as much as Niner fans are excited about this team, and you should be, this is not the, the, the 2013 defense. There isn't a Patrick Willis or a Navarro Bowman, those hard-hitting safeties. This is kind of like the, the lighter version of that. But Nick Bose is a game wrecker. He's a phenomenal player. It's actually the player I wanted entering that draft. I wanted to keep Rosen. You know, <laughs> I would have been wrong. This team would have been disarray, and they would have had two great pass rushers and about nothing else. So, you know, take, take solace in the fact that you were kind of gifted Nick Bosa and enjoy him now. But <laughs> long, long run, I th- this team's only going to go as, as far as Kyler takes them. But I, I do think they sneak into the playoffs this year. I, I think there's totally a chance of that. What we saw yesterday, like, I just feel like Kyler Murray has that Russell Wilson kind of mentality. He feel, I felt like during that whole game, there was never a time when Kyler came, walked on that field and I was like, he doesn't think he can do it. He thought he could do it. I think he thinks he can do it every day. Yeah. And I think you guys are going to have a pretty successful season after watching that game. And I think a lot of Niner fans were really surprised by how good you guys were. And I think the fact that we have to deal with Kyler Murray twice a year is going to suck for us because I said it on one of our first shows. I think the Cardinals are a year away. They can, you know, you said they're already shoring up that defense. If they can short up more throughout this season, maybe get a couple more draft picks, the Cardinals could be the team to beat next year, which is scary for us because you know, we finally get have our Super Bowl window and it closes that fast. It, it, it's that sucks, but that's the reality of the NFL. And now you have a young quarterback, you don't have to pay him. I mean, Kyler Murray is, is here to stay. And I think a lot of Niner fans were trying to, just shocked by that yesterday. And I think that sucks. Yeah, they've got him on a rookie deal and they can they can certainly maximize that. Now, uh, the cap situation throws a wrench in that whether or not it goes down or, or stays where it's at. But, I mean, you're absolutely right. And I think Kyle Shanahan, again, has got to look around the division and say, I've got a Hall of Famer in Russell Wilson at the peak of his powers, clicking on all cylinders. You know, say what you want about Jared Goff. He's efficient. And Kyler Murray's this young, dynamic player. Do we need to be more dynamic at quarterback? Is there a possibility for us to be more dynamic? I think this is a 15-game tryout for for Jimmy Garoppolo. And if he fails, I could absolutely see a scenario just like Harbaugh once upon a time where he gets – unseated that being Alex Smith by by a young you know Nevada quarterback and Colin Kaepernick it just seems eerily similar <laughs> to me 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I totally. We, me and Rob have talked about it a couple times. I really think that you're right. This is his tryout thing, and yeah, he failed the first game, but I think people need to not freak out yet because they no, played. No, he'll, he'll put up good stats the rest of the well, year. Well, they played. A, I think you know having you on here is. I want to tell Niner fans that's a good Arizona Cardinals team. Yeah, maybe they they you know they're not the best team we're gonna play, but I think when you play a guy like Kyler Murray, I think you're gonna have to deal with it no matter what, and I think they deal with it wrong. And I'm hoping. You know, if when we see you later on in the season, we're talking about a win instead of a loss. <laughs> well, I think you got to put some, you got to put some heat on John Lynch too. I know he's done a great job, you know, in the in the little run that he's had here with San Francisco. To to come into this season with this receiving core in a support of Jimmy Garoppolo, that's not really fair to him, especially if you're trying to yeah. judge him for a future contract. Debo got hurt in the spring, and the fact that they had an opportunity maybe to make a trade, add a couple veterans. You know, bringing in Kevin White doesn't doesn't count. J.J. Nelson, those those kind of additions don't count. You know, Dante Pettis is is a non-factor. I, I just think that they they missed an opportunity here to to add a receiver because you can't let Emmanuel Sanders go and assume you're going to get better, especially after losing Debo in the spring. And I, I, that's the thing is, I, there's so many expectations on Ayuk. He's never going to make them. But the thing is, if he does they might have something and they might be okay. And like all sure. this conversation after this game about our wide receiving core being garbage. But the problem it comes down to is, I mean, you probably don't know, you know, you probably know Dante Pettis and stuff, but like he was a non-factor. Yeah. You know, Kendrick Bourne was pretty much the only receiver on the field. It felt like mm -hmm. a lot of the time. And he got beat by one of the best corners, one of the greatest corners in the last 10 years in Patrick Peterson. And, you know, like that, everyone wants to say that's pass interference. I don't think it is. Yeah, I mean, if you fast forward in November and Kittle's healthy and Debo's back and you've got Ayuk playing as your, kind of your third or fourth option in the passing game, this this team will be fine. But if Debo Samuel's coming back slowly from injury, I just think you have to have a contingency plan. And again, how are you really going to judge Jimmy over the course of a 16-game season yeah. if he doesn't have capable pass catchers? And when he took off last year was when they added Emmanuel Sanders. He terrorized the Cardinals in, in both instances, yeah. gave Patrick Peterson fits. And so I was happy to see him go to New Orleans. And oh, by the way, he had, he had a touchdown catch this past weekend. But I, you know, I, Shanahan put up points with, with as you mentioned, Nate Mullins with nobody uh, at the skill position to speak of a couple of years ago. I remember he had the 30-point Monday night game. They're going to score points. They'll be fine. And defensively, as long as Nick Bose is healthy, they'll be capable. So, But I, I, do, I do think it's interesting. You know, Javon Kinlaw steps in for Buckner. And you lose Emmanuel Sanders, and it's like, well, the Niners are gonna, you know, go fifteen and one. There's a little bit of learning curve with these rookies. I yeah, think. yeah, no, totally. I, I, and that was the thing is, like, I mean, I said, I said thirteen and three, which I still think that's totally a chance of that. I think sure. that they do have to add a wide receiving threat. I think Sanu is going to be a Niner before the oh, end. Of absolutely, the I hundred percent. Mohamed Sanu signs with the Niners, maybe even before this podcast is up. They, I don't think they have a choice. They have, they, and the I think Shanahan said in his press conference today, basically talked about his his love for him. So I'm sure that was a little bit of a yeah. recruiting pitch. And then you came on and said Odell's coming on, so it looks like we're gonna have Odell. Back I, I, if he gets if he gets traded this year, it would it would I would be shocked if it wasn't to San Francisco. I know that they've, yeah. but I've I'm a big uh, fan of John Middlecoff of you know San Francisco Bay Area radio, and and he's mentioned a couple times they've sniffed around that market. They haven't pulled the trigger, but I mean, that would be a deadly combination. And it, yeah. he's just so grossly underutilized in Cleveland. I feel like they're just about ready to give him away. Well, here's the hoping. I mean, it felt like you you got Hopkins for nothing. I know, right? That's the going market now is just to throw away for a bag of balls for an all-pro receiver. Yeah, and he's going to, you, you guys are going to have a ton of fun with him. It was really not fun for me to watch, but I'm sure you had a blast <laughs> yesterday.
Well, John, I appreciate you coming on to talk sure. a little bit about the Cardinals team that I don't think a lot of Niner fans really knew going into yesterday's game. Um, if people want to, you know, check out your stuff and listen to your show, you want to go and plug your stuff real quick before we end the show? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on, guys. I'm at Johnny Venerable. That's J-O-H-N-N-Y-V-E-N-E-R-A-B-L-E at Twitter. I write for RevengeOfTheBirds.com, and we, myself and my buddy J- Blake Murphy are uh, the hosts of the Revenge of the Birds podcast. We record multiple times a week. I uh, have a recap of yesterday's game coming out here in the next 24 hours. And then I also do a post-game Periscope show, which you can access on Twitter every Sunday after the Cardinals wrap started doing that uh, this past season. So check it out if you got time. All right, Niner fans. Thanks to Johnny Venerable for joining us today. I, this has been a hard one. It's hard to come, you know, to, 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 to get so excited for Christmas and it finally come and your presents come and it's cold. But we got the Jets next week. They're really bad. There's no Le'Veon Bell. It's going to get better. Things are going to get better as the season goes on. Debo's going to come back. The team is going to be okay. The sky is not falling yet. But here's to hoping Jimmy gets better. No more injuries. The hype train's going to keep rolling. Things are going to get better. The next three teams aren't good. And we're going to win some games, and we're going to feel a lot better next week on this show. We will see you next week. Follow me at NinerNate49 on Twitter. If you want to hear my hot takes and what we think, Muhammad Sanu's a Niner. Maybe he's not. Hopefully he is by this time. We'll see you next week. Have a good one.